Welcome to Eclipsed, a Heroes podcast, where two old school Heroes fangirls talk about the show and defend its honor. My name is Rachel. And I'm Keisha. And today, welcome to another bonus episode! Or actually, this is technically a painting the future? 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 (laughs) Question mark? Question mark? Because we are going to be talking a little bit about things to come if you're keeping up with uh, our rewatch. So, that's your warning now. Mm-hmm. Get out. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> um, Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> so, today we are going to discuss or attempt to discuss time travel on Heroes. More specifically, was Hero always Takezo Kensei? You ready to dig in, Keisha? I am. Do we, well, let's see. Do we have any news first before we take a scoop of cereal? Just be like, we don't. <laughs> I have one slight bit, which I can't confirm now that I saw people say on the Discord. The Grunny thing? Yes. Okay. Greg Grunberg is in season two of The Boys for like a hot second. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. So keep your keep your peepers peeled. Keep your him. peepers peeped. You'll definitely be like, oh, there's fucking Grumberg. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> fucking Grumberg. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oh, man. I think that's about it for this week for news. Yeah. Ow. Yeah. <laughs> Just hitting myself to my me. <laughs> I love it where they posted, they're like, yeah, he's never five. And I'm like, I just finished episode two, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I'll like, I haven't watched days. it yet. Shut up. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'll be there in a few days. Give me a second. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. um, I watched a movie that J. Abrams produced, J.J. Abrams, and mm-hmm. I was like, where, I was playing Spot the Grumberg the whole time, and <laughs> I didn't see him. Maybe his like voice was on something. That could be. Actually, I'm going to look now, because why not? Because he has done voices for him, too, and yeah. stuff. But it was just produced by him, so like it doesn't have eh. to have him in it, too. So... If it was directed, I'd say definitely he's in there somewhere, but... Yes. But, yeah, like, produced, that was a little more like, hmm. But it was, I remember it was, like, in a big, you know, like, J.J. Abrams Presents kind of thing, but... Yeah, I don't think he shows up in it. Bummer. Because mm. he's, uh, for people who don't know, he is J.J. Uh, Abrams' lucky charm. They've known each other since they were kids, so... Yeah! Yep. Fun yeah. stuff. I look forward to seeing him on The Boys. I, I just started season two last night, so... I look forward to it for the second he's there. It won't take you too long to get to him, so. Well, I plan on trying to, like, straight binge it today, but I guess we'll see how I'm feeling. Oh, true, true, true. So, I guess later today you might be like, there's Grunberg. Yeah, hey! <laughs> the boy on the boys. Yep. Mm-hmm. So, that's our dose of Grunberg, because I don't think we're talking about Matt Parkman much in this episode. Well, we will a little bit, because part of our time travel talk is going to be like, can you escape fate? Uh, and I, and I say no. <laughs> they can't. So, yeah. yeah. Let's start with what caught my attention, because, like, okay, honestly, I don't remember how often I watched fully and attentively the end of season one on rewatches. <laughs> so when when watching it again for this, I as you probably heard in the episode for Landslide, I was like, holy shit, Kaito's not talking about Siler here. With the whole hero prepping to uh, master the sword with him. Yes. So, clearly, and, you know, somewhere on a writer's room, they had already known the Takeso Kensei stuff that was on the way, because that was the cliffhanger for season one. I like to think there was a writer in the room who just very dramatically put that on the board. Like, 
hero in Japan and, and like, you know, 1671. And, and then just looked at everyone else and was like, all right, I figure it out. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's how a writer's room pretty much works. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. how do we get to there? Yep. So they knew that they were going to be playing in the world of Takeso Kensei. But the question now is, that I had raised then, was Hiro always Takezo Kensei? Was there ever a timeline where fucking Adam actually was Takezo Kensei? Was there a timeline where someone else had the mantle? Like, he, he ended up getting got at some point and someone mm-hmm. else took up the mantle? And also, how much did Kaito know... Like, did Kaito always think Hiro was Takeso Kensei? Because he always would read him the stories when he was a kid. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like, you know, he read him the stories, and he trained him, and, like, yeah, it's all, like, prep work. Mm-hmm. If you, if you think of it that way. And then the argument against that, I feel like, is the, on the roof, when Kaito gets murdered, of all of them, I never thought it would be you. You really, you didn't think it was the guy that you imprisoned for 30 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Or knew was Takezo Kensei. Mm-hmm. Or was that why he told here all the stories of Takezo Kensei? Because he thought fucking Adam was Kensei, and he's like, I fucking knew this dude? It's hard to say. It could go a, m- a number of ways. Yeah, I just... That's what I want to try to puzzle together. Or, if we can, I don't think we'll be able to. Yeah, we're pretty much just going to speculate a lot and then go, oh! Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's not like the show's ever going to, I mean, what's done is done. And they never, like, fully come out and say anything like that. You just kind of have to decide how you feel Mm -hmm. about it. All right. Well, in your heart of hearts, right now, before I poke holes in things. Yeah. Was Hero always Takezo Kensei? Yes. I have to agree in my heart, yes, as well. Uh, Just purely, though, purely because of um, time travel fuckery. Yes. That, that whole, like, it already happened because you did the thing. You know, like, yeah. Like, the minute someone can fuck with the fabric of space and time like that, it, it's everything's just out the window linearly, you know? It's like, mm-hmm. no. He was he was his own, like, childhood hero. And he was the, like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. He fully was. Adam wasn't gonna be, so. Oh, fuck no. Because I even, like, you know. Yeah. Sure, Hero had a time to leave. Like, at the end of, uh, Out of Time. Mm-hmm. Or no, not Out of Time. Uh, in Kindred. He was gonna leave them both. He seemed like he fixed time, and then he changed his mind. But, like, we saw interactions with the deleted scenes and other stuff with Yaiko and, um, Kensei, that it was like, they weren't all fucking peaches and cream, sweetie. That was no great love. No. No matter not how many times sweetest. Adam said it was. Yeah. Now, the argument could be made, though, that... When Hiro first arrived, he's all like, you save Atsu, and what was burning Atsu? Would their relationship have changed if Hiro had not, like, gotten in the way and he was able to snipe off (laughs) the guys he wanted to snipe? I don't know. If he was able to save them and go back to the Yaiko and them right after that, Mm -hmm. would things have developed differently? To me, it's like, I don't know. Like, especially with the whole, you know, narrative that Adam builds of Hero's betrayal and how it changed him fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm of the mind of you don't just become that person if the seed wasn't already there. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
I, I always, I was, was really, like, annoyed by him being all like, oh, this is because of you! And I was like, no, nah, you're just deflecting because that little bit of you was always there and you let it grow. Um, yes. But I feel like he was always very potentially that son of a bitch. Oh, a hundred percent. Like, Hero didn't take this innocent, like, fucking child and turn him into a bad guy. No, 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 no. Right? No, that's not how it works. That's not how it works at all. I mean, look at how, yeah, not just how he acts with Hero in Japan, but, like, how he goes on in his other lives, too. He's just a piece of shit. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah. And the good thing about him being a drunk, I think, was that it was really dulling his potential to, like, do anything like that. Fair point. Yeah, I don't think, like, it was dulling his potential to be a hero. I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I, I feel... Dull- <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's he's an easy way out kind of guy, and that usually leads to villainy, especially on shows like this, so... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so, I'm just sat here, like, you know, that, that was always my problem, was the whole narrative, of like, oh, hero's betrayal. I was like, nah, dog, that was always in you. You just let it blossom. So, yeah, I, I don't... I don't think him doing a lot differently would have led to that different of an outcome. Like, do you know what I mean? Like leaving or like, no, I, I know, agree. Flirting with Yaiko less or I don't know, something. Like. I agree. Especially because at the end of the day, at the end of season two, and I said it during the episode, I don't think Adam gave much of a shit about that whole, I'm going to ruin everything you love to hero anymore. Yeah. He yeah. had like 400 years of buffer in between there. The whole, like, uh, Kaito thing was like, he locked me up for 30 years. Nothing fucking personal to you, dude. <laughs> um, yep. And, of course, he, like, was rubbing it in Hero's face at the end a little there. With the whole, like, oh, you made me this way. Which, again, as we said. No, You no, make yourself that yeah, way, bud. Yeah, you made, no. You made your choices, bud. Plus, I mean, like, we learned in the, in the comic that you mentioned last week. Um, him being locked up really grinded his gears, if you will. Ground his gears. Um, because, like, he couldn't say goodbye to, like, people he loved and stuff. Do you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. he's got all these big reasons for being pissed at the company in Kaido, more so than, like, Hiro Nakamura. Like. Yeah. Yeah. It's fresher for Hiro, not as fresh for him. Yep, exactly. But Hiro is certainly the character you can guilt. Oh, So if you understand 100%. that, that's 100% the thing you want to needle him with. 100%. And that's why he knew to keep saying it, too. Because, you know, who does things like that? A fucking sociopath. Like, mm-hmm. he's such a, like, a narcissist. Like, he's such mm-hmm. a, like, a, you know, he's that personality. Like, look at how he treats Peter in the in the short time that they're, you know, with each other. Like, he's a user, bud. Like. Well, you see him in the comic, too. The, um, the, uh, Revolutionary War one. Yep. Where he's like, oh, I'll just go do it myself. One man army versus, you know, the other guy. Yep. Losing everyone around him because he's just fucking so hell-bent on finding this one guy who he thinks is like him, etc. Yeah, so, to me, it's just like, yeah, he knew that that was a thing to throw in Hero's face because, as you said, he was susceptible to it. If Hero was not someone that's susceptible to guilt, then he would have tried a different tack. Because, yeah, he's manipulative. Um, Mm -hmm. And, and yeah, if anything, the worst thing Hero ever did was get him sober. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Oh, he, he was just a happy drunk, Carol. Look what you did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was a happy drunk. He didn't care about messing with nothing or no one. He was just chill with his sake. And you took it away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and revealed that he, with a little ambition, 
that would be sharper from not being dulled by being fucking wasted all the time. He's a dangerous guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So. But, yeah, going back to it, um, yeah, I fully, I fully think he was always, he was always Kensei. So, him being, you know, told these legends and tales when he was a kid, really important, got to plant the seed, even though he was already there. Because, again, time travel fuckery, you know? Mm-hmm. Um yeah, and absolutely like what you said about the sword training. Like, oh, this is not really for Siler. Not at all. Siler's not going to sword fight him. This is for something that comes later. Yep. But also already happened. Hey. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, I think Kaito maybe had an idea. But he also, like, mentioned, I think at the time, like, I knew someone would rise to power. I didn't realize it was you. Mm-hmm. So it's possible Adam mentioned, like, yeah, there was a Nakamura back in my time, and he kind of, like, pissed me off, ha ha ha, rib rib, you know? Maybe, because the, he does, that does seem like the kind of thing he would do. So, mm-hmm. but, like, um, because oh. that's the thing of it, it's like, how does Kaido figure it out then? Or does he? Like, like I don't know if he knew, like, I definitely don't think it was Hero, because he tried to prevent that early season one. Mm-hmm. He ripped the painting, he's like, fuck off with the destiny. Yep, yep. Which, to me, he just did to spur Hero on more, because that was the test, you know? Mm, true, That's true, always true. the test. It's always the test. When they tell you to sit down and you stand up again, well, that was always the test. They want to see if you're if you're going to fight for it. Mm-hmm. And he fought for it. And then maybe that's when he realized, like, oh, maybe this is the Nakamura that, you know, was being mentioned before that is Takeso Kensei. Exactly. Because, like, uh, we we still live in a world where, in canon, Kaido doesn't have a power, even though he does. <laughs> I know. <laughs> we do. And it's annoying. And, like, in canon, our little discussions about their not-peachy relationship between um, Yaiko and Kensei were cut mm-hmm. from the show as well. Yep, yep. So, can't you know, can't ruin that narrative either. You know, make Hiro look like a cock-blocking bad guy. But... Mm-hmm. But yeah. it wasn't like that. No, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. Yeah, not at all. But all of that being said, there has been instances on Heroes where time has, in fact, been corrected. Uh, we see it at the end of season two here, even though it was not necessarily intentional. The virus future is prevented. Mm-hmm. Uh, five Years Gone was prevented in season one. But was it, which we'll get into in a second, because, you know, how far can you fight fate? As I look, remembered and then looked up, which here goes, spoiler, Charlie <laughs> ends up not dying. There is an instance where they go back in time and save Charlie. Yeah, they do like a, they do like a Captain America Peggy Carter thing. Mm-hmm. So they, they save Charlie, which I won't get into because, man, I'm fucking reading some stuff from volume five, it's like, I don't even remember this happening. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. I was like, say what? <laughs> like, I remembered, like, bits of it, and I was like, hot damn. Because apparently another character is saved in Volume 5 by going back into the past by Hero. So he has been able to fix, to change times by going to the past. That's, that was the point that I wanted to make, is that things have been changed from him going back in the past. But it's like, it's again, it's the butterfly effect. Other shit's gonna get messed with because of his choices, though. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you know, he saves, well, like, yeah, we're going to get, we're not going to go in detail, but you said there'd be spoilers, so let's do it. Hero saves mm-hmm. Mohinder's life, and, but Mohinder still dies in Reborn, like. It, it seems to be, like, from what, like, left in the air, I think, a bit, and Reborn in that. Well, okay, sure. You know. Because we know Mohinder's powers, 
Which, while well, that's a spoiler, we haven't talked about that, like, ever. Yeah, Henry but we're Born. getting there, though. We're getting there, though. Like, I think there was, like, it was left open, like, a season two, Mohinder could probably fucking show back up again if there was a season two overborn. Yep. Same thing with Parkman. Parkman was kind of left in peril. Yep. Um, I think Hero's fate was up in the air as well. So, yeah, there was... People could be fine. Yeah, so it, it's it's interesting, because it's like, yeah, there's some things Hero can certainly change, and some things can be shifted, but I, I am, like, a big believer on this show, in this world, in this canon, that fate ultimately can't be fucked with. It's like Final Destination, man. It's gonna get you no matter what. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. Let's, let's, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about a couple of those people who can't seem, who have not escaped their fate. Okay. Um, I think the big one that's probably on both of our minds is uh, Nathan Petrelli. And not only Nathan <laughs> Petrelli, but Nathan's... Um, how interwoven he is with Siler. Oh my god, these two. Yeah. And uh, particularly the five years gone fate where Siler has taken over Nathan. Nathan's yeah. dead, Siler has taken it over. Yeah, let's let's dig into that and how the show twists it. Yeah, big, big spoilers. Big spoilers. We warned people, we warned people. Um, They had yeah. an escape hatch. <laughs> um Nathan so, flirts with death a lot in the, you know, seasons yeah. coming up. Oh, yeah. And here's what's so funny, though, is that not only does Nathan flirt with death a lot in the seasons coming up, but he and Siler do not share a single scene together until, like, almost the end. Like, yes. It's crazy how much these two have been just swirling toward each other. And it's it's also pretty fucking great. Like, it's it's kind of everything you would want it to be, too. And it's the perfect example of the hero's class war as well. And I said it again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it is! That's Siler's whole conversation with him about his silver fucking spoon and how he doesn't appreciate any of it. And, like, mm-hmm. it's so good. Um, yeah, so they meet once before he kills him. Because he does. He kills yep. him. That happens. But... Heroes does this thing, which I've never really thought about until you were, were, were talking just now, that it's like Siler's fate to become Nathan was forced on him on the show, whereas in mm-hmm. Five Years Gone, it was fully, you know, willing and, and a plan of his. So that was a fun little twist of what we expected versus what actually happened. That is true. Mm-hmm. Because by this point, um, he gains the ability to shapeshift. And that plus a hell of a whammy from Parkman, who's really fucking too powerful and scary at this point, make him think that he's actually Nathan Petrelli after Nathan Petrelli is killed. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. It's fucked up. <laughs> you can't escape fate. Nope. Nope. Not on this show. Mm-mm. I'd argue at least to the point that we continue to see him because I can't speak for what he's like during Reborn. Peter seems to escape his air quote fate the the best. Yeah, because every yeah. time we see Peter, he's like hard and grizzled and err, and he's very much not like that in Volume Five. Very much not when he uh, helps save the day at the end. No, he's no. And it's funny because it's like um, he because yes, his okay. So uh, spoilers. So when Arthur rips his power away and he, you know, gets a different version of it where he can only hold on to one power um, of the person he most recently touched. 
Uh, instead of having all these, like, powers. He's not a sponge anymore. Um, he still, at his core, is an empath of a person. That's his personality. Mm-hmm. And I have nothing but nice things to say about this character coming up, and I'm excited for them. Um, his relationship with Emma yes. is really what brings him to a better place. I agree. And I'm excited to see that unfold on our rewatch. And I think that that's a large part of why he's in such a not sword slashed leather wearing slicked back hair version of himself by the end of everything. Like he's greatly touched by her and her spirit. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a shame that we don't get to see him during reborn and see if he maintains that or if he starts to slip because of the, you know, doomed feeling that I'm sure he must have feeling, you know, have have felt at this point with everyone they know being hunted or dying or, you know, everything being fucked. But, uh, yeah. Because, yeah, in canon for Reborn, he and Siler are off being freedom fighters. <laughs> so, She's yeah, I don't a question know mark, like they aren't a couple now, but anyway. Um. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if, yeah, if he's fucking slipped into any kind of darkness because of Siler or because Siler has kind of what if a little bit at that point? Yeah, I was going to say, what if it's like having your sponsor and so he has to hold on to his, like, positive spark so that Siler doesn't go down that dark hole again? Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, if if, if he lets himself slip, then that's ugh, that's not good so, for either of them. Mm-hmm. Because he's like his, he's his, he's his accountability buddy. So like, yeah, they are like that's totally how you can see it. Like yeah, they'd have to be. Which ooh, wait till we get to that in our rewatch and just start going into all this good stuff. This is just our little ooh toe dip into it all. Ugh, yeah. Um, another character who doesn't seem to escape their five year gone fate is Matt Parkman. <laughs> yes. And, uh, especially him in Reborn. I don't remember how he ends off in Volume 5. Maddie? Yeah. Um. I don't think it is as much of an ass. Because I remember it kind of being like, oh, we're back to this again, Matt. <laughs> when when he uh, shows up on Reborn. Like, I'm Which, doing it oh, for my family. You know, I okay, okay. How, how about this for you? Was having Siler in his mind a bad influence on him? Fair. Because... Let me tell you, um, with what happens and the trapping of Siler to make the Nathan thing feel real, uh, Matt pretty much gets stuck with a piece of Siler in his brain. And Mm -hmm. uh, it doesn't make things easy for him. (laughs) No, it does not. So, yeah. um, I I feel like there could be some blame laid on the the doorstep of our boy. (laughs) But again, I mean, I'd I'd be willing to say... Just like you were with Adam, was Siler the fucking reason? It's always in him all along. Mm-mm, true. Sure, Siler might have poked the bear a little bit, but, like, we've seen glimmers of this Parkman before Siler was in his head. So, he's driven... His motivation is family, Parkman. So he claims. Yes. So. It's real convenient to have that motivation when he feels like it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm like, doing, like, this the five-year gun mental checklist in my head, all right? Um, Ando escapes five years gone fake because he was dead. And while he doesn't <laughs> show up in Reborn, I don't think he was ever confirmed to be dead or anything in that timeline. Yeah. Because he has a power, so... Mm-hmm. 
Like, he could have been in danger. Um, who else is in five years gone? Um, well, Noah. Noah. He, let's see. I mean, he does sort of go, his journey is, like, from, is backwards. It's, like, darkness to light. It's, it's kind mm-hmm. of Silarish in a way. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, he does end up helping specials more than hunting them down. Oh, big time. Um, so that's kind of still a thing that happens. Mm-hmm. Um um yeah so like there's i I would argue ultimately there's things that can be altered but um or altered but uh fate's pretty much gonna find you one way or the other Mm -hmm. because claire dies in five years gone and claire dies in reborn Mm -hmm. so like yeah there's just like so many little things nikki doesn't hold because she dies earlier (laughs) yeah she's already gone so um who else has a big role in five years gone? Yeah. Um, I think we pretty much mentioned everyone. Cause it's like, like the Haitian, but I think he pretty much stays constant throughout most of it. He does. He he is like, uh, he's our constant, dare I say. Mm-hmm. Um, just, he's always pretty level, you know? He mm-hmm. never goes like crazy off the reservation or anything. So Yeah, I'm like sitting here quietly like... Okay, so, okay, so five years gone, right? But let's talk about I Am Become Death. Okay. And uh, that world. Why don't you you serve that up on a platter? Because I think you might remember it a little more than I do. It's it's Daddy Siler world. Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So in this future that uh, Pier dips into, correct? Yes. Uh, Because how could you forget the look on his face when he's in that kitchen and he sees Gabriel in the apron and he's like, the fuck? When he hugs him. Yeah, Siler is fucking chill as fuck. He is making waffles for his son, question mark, which apparently, allegedly is Elle's kid. At least that's the implication. Because, But you could go down a rabbit hole that this could be a fucking Noah Bennett situation where it's neither of their kid and they're just fucking watching it. I feel like it's that. I, I don't... The The older I get and the more I think about it, I don't think it's Elle's kid, so... It could be Matt Parkman Jr. for all we know. <laughs> yeah. Because that is the one That's kid true. we see, and this is just an older kid that we get to see here. I fully feel like it's just a company situation, though. Like, yeah. Yeah, they're watching someone. Um, yep. He's domesticated in this. And yep. he and Peter seem to have made amends at that point. Because yeah. he greets Peter like an old friend, or as Peter at this point's like, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, it's so good when he goes back into the present too. <laughs> Just like, oh fuck, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Um, yeah, so you've got a, a domesticated Siler, who still has powers, but clearly is not like that guy anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has a Mr. Muggles. Hello. Yep. He's got a Muggles. And... Um, <laughs> He seems like he's, like, retired, dare I say. I feel like he was and... at the Bennett house. Didn't Peter... Wasn't Peter looking for, like, Claire? Yeah, he's at the Bennett house. He's at the, um... Is he in the classic Bennett house? I think house? he's in the, the Odessa California one. Because I feel like that's the one that he knew that Peter remembered because he was looking for Claire. Again, oh, we aren't wild. there yet in our rewatch, so I'm, like, maybe we're, I'm misremembering things. But... We're, really, we're really close, but from what I can remember, um, it was the opposite of Five Years Gone in that in Five Years Gone... All the specials are heavily legislated and hunted against. Um, mm-hmm. But in this one, people deadass have powers. Mm-hmm. And they're very open about it. Remember people were flying around in suits because you could just get powers? I don't remember fully. No. 
<laughs> I, I, I that, admit to that, that was, yeah. <laughs> that was the thing, is like, um, it was like the thing that Pinehurst was working towards, is you could just give people powers. Mm-hmm. And um, the thing that Mohinder fucks himself up trying to do. And yeah. uh, also, spoiler alert, when you find out that Nathan wasn't born with the ability to fly. Hey. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, there were like people just flying around and shit. And Peter was like, where am I? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, and also in this world, we see a version of Claire bear who is not the sunny little blonde that we know. No, she's got dark hair. She's a bad girl. Um, and, and she works for, um, is it the company or Pinehurst? She works for one of them, <laughs> but uh, I don't remember. She's yeah, she's she's like the version we we've teased before about what would have happened if she'd been given over to a uh, organization instead of having a normal life. Is she's hardened and she's a killer and she tries to kill. Um, who does she try to kill? I think. I swear Siler was kind of half in hiding because I feel like she's also like, oh, Siler, I'm going to fucking kill you, too. Yes. Yes. Even though she's not the one who does it. No. Um, that's some other, some characters we haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. But we will very soon. Um, yeah. So she's like a bad girl. Like, she's like an L, basically. Mm-hmm. She's all, like, dark. And, and brunette um, again. Like she wasn't five years And Like she was, see, she can't, she can't deny the fate of her hair color change either. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, like, oh, fuck. I'm trying to remember, like, where everyone was. Because I, I just remember, like, those two things the best. Because there was that scene of, um, of like, a future Peter stopping. Or, like, Peter stopping Claire from, like, shooting someone. Like, putting the gun down after he, like, stopped time. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so there's differences in this world. But, again, it's showing that we have the possibility of many different timelines. Because, you know... All these fuckers doing time travel, <laughs> just opening up new doors and windows and things to branch off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's several different versions of the future that can occur. But then again, it's like a lot of that stuff gets prevented during the season. Like that one in particular is like a weird pocket future. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, I like, I laugh because I feel like... I feel like all these futures in some way or form still exist in their own little pocket, as you say. Yeah. And that, like, if someone had the power, which I don't think... Like, maybe Hero eventually would have had the potential to hop universes, as it were. But I feel like those universes still exist. Like, Caitlyn is still in that fucking universe somewhere. And could have been retrieved at some point. I think so. You think it doesn't just fold in on itself at a certain point? No, it's um, it's the multiverse theory, you know? I feel like Heroes had that. It's quite likely. And that's why I'm thinking, like, okay, in this prime... Especially going back to the Kensei argument, in this prime universe that we seem to be in the present of, was that always the case for the past? You know? Whereas I'm sure that there, there's a universe where that wasn't the case. But the one that we are in the show in is in universe, like, I don't know, B or whatever. And that's the oh timeline we follow. Yeah, it, it does seem to be, like, a prime timeline kind of thing, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like, well, you know, it's like the community episode with the fucking dice, you know, like it's darkest timeline versus, you know, prime timeline versus, mm-hmm. you know, um, <laughs> I'm just reading the I'm become death summary and just going, oh my God. <laughs> oh like, my God. Like, remember Peter visits Mohinder who's dead ass in the shadows, like in a cloak because he's so fucking mutated. <laughs> oh, 
I love it. Oh, Mohinder. I love everything about this. <laughs> and, okay, this is when Peter finds out the brother thing is, is in this. He finds out that Gabriel's like, I'm your brother, duh. And and that's when he goes to the future and he or back to the present and he's just like, What the fuck? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So like so yep. clearly in that future the brother fucking thing held up. The brother yep. lie. Yep, the brother lie. Yeah. So yeah, it's obviously it really does seem like um yeah, it, it's it's like a it's like a multiple timeline thing. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's a multiverse thing. And there's nothing more comic book than that. Yes, uh, and we we will dig into it again. We have to oh, yeah, after we, we finish to. watching everything. We um, have to, yeah. You're yeah. going to want to after we're finished with I Am Become Death, even. Because there's, there's a lot here. <laughs> I I believe yeah. it. Yeah. But in the broadest strokes, like I said, I remember fates of people like near the end. And there's a lot of stuff in the middle where I'm like, I don't fully remember. So And it happens. It does. Nathan's president in this, in this version, in this episode. So... He's married to Tracy. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Peter almost kills his own brother. Which, you know. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> oh. oh, boy. Oh, I love it. I'm really excited to watch that one. That I've, I've always been delighted by that weird little future. So. I, I feel like people are one of two ways when it comes to time travel. Mm-hmm. They get either too caught up in it. Where they're like, well, mm-hmm. this doesn't make sense anymore, and this is a plot hole now, and this is like, da, 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 da. I mm. hate time travel. Or it's people that are just like, yeah, let's just have fun and go into the future and the past and look at it like, okay, why is it a little different now? But they aren't like hung up on it. They're like, I want to stop watching the show because time travel doesn't make sense. Time travel never mm-hmm. makes sense, y'all. Never makes sense. You're never going to be happy with time travel. Just got to sit back, relax, take it for what it is. Yes, Exactly. It's like I was saying, there's nothing more comic book than time travel. There's nothing more comic book than multiverses. Just chill, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. if, if you, you know, try to pick at the threads of those, you know, stories, I mean, you're going to, you're going to pull the whole thing apart. So it's not meant to be fully, th- that's the whole thing is like when, when someone decided that time travel, it's like, yeah, the whole thing of the paradox of like, it always was and it never was, but it always was like, that's the perfect thing to just have fun with in terms of your storytelling. Mm-hmm. Do whatever the fuck you want. Don't get caught up in it, like Rachel said. Yeah. Just sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Mm-hmm. So, there's a lot more half-naked men coming to our screen. So just, <laughs> just get ready. Oh, uh, yep. yep. Return of the sploosh, hopefully, again. Oh, I'm going to be locked, loaded, and ready for season three. Yep. Excellent. But we won't be diving into season three next week. <laughs> Nope, we've got one more episode of us faffing around self-indulgently. <laughs> Next week, though, that is this is the one where we talk yeah. about yep. the writer's strike and Yay. the lost volume. Woo. Yay. I'm, I'm very excited for that. I've been excited for that. All right, we got to get our homework ready for it, Keisha. We got to get our sources in a row. Yep. That'll probably be a long one if we get really talking about it and diving into stuff. I'm, that's what I want to do, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to, like, start, I have to start digging to see if there's any more little crumbs other than what I saw on the wiki <sighs> for the, the Lost Volume. Me too. I need to find those old, like, you used to be able to get people at conventions to spill what was going to happen on the show. Mm-hmm. 
They used to have old interviews on like comingsoon.net and stuff where you could find that, but it's been lost to the sands of time. We have to try to unbury it. Mm-hmm. And we'll bring it to you in simple audio form. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. But yeah, if you have any of your own thoughts about the time travel fuckery of heroes, which is the second possible title of this episode. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, no, um, I think it's just, uh, yeah, the paying the future... The time travel of heroes, part one. No, it's like <laughs> no, it's like paying the future. The gang tries to and sort of succeeds at talking about time travel. <laughs> Cue it's always sunny theme. <laughs> we try talking about time travel and fate. So. Yeah, without getting too twisted up. Because mm-hmm. woo. But yeah, join us next time on Eclipsed. We are gonna. Get into the the nuts and bolts of what, in many people's opinion, really fucked up the, the trajectory of the show. <laughs> bum, bum. And a lot of shows. So, yeah. Wasn't just heroes that suffered. Mm-hmm. Some people came out yeah. ahead, up, ahead because of it, though. That's true. That's very true. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. Rider Strike episode. Woo! We'll see you next time. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye.